The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Howard streaks in! Your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. For the 10th time in 2023, it is a victory Monday here on Talking Cowboys as the Dallas Cowboys have now tied things up atop the NFC East 10-3 and thanks to a 33-13 beatdown over those filthy Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Welcome in to Talking Cowboys, everybody. I'm Kyle Yeomans with Nick Harris. Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back, of course, Talking Cowboys, as always, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Gentlemen, it was a beatdown of epic proportions at AT AT&T Stadium, 15 straight home wins. It was the eighth time this year that the Dallas Cowboys have won a game by 20 points or more. They are only the fifth team in NFL history to do that. Pretty impressive to see uh, the way that this team took care of business on the field Sunday night. Yeah, a- absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it started for, with the defense. Um, the defensive effort was unreal. I mean, allowing six points from that Philadelphia offense throughout the entirety of the game, not allowing them to get in the end zone, at least on the offense. Um, that's it's something I couldn't have couldn't have really expected going in. Um, I, I want to highlight the safety group, like right off the top. I, I think they were huge in not only. Uh, the final effort, but the start of this game, it was Donovan Wilson on the very first drive, ripping it loose and recovering the fumble. Then on the following drives, it was J. Ron Curse. I think he had his best day in coverage throughout the season. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, it was everybody getting involved, weapons uh, all across. Jake Ferguson had a great day. C.D. Lamb had a great day. Um, it was just really good to see everybody get involved. And from start to finish, man, this this team dominated. And even when it kind of felt like Philadelphia had the door open a little bit, it always kind of felt like Dallas was going to close it really quick. And 20-point win. I don't think any of us could have uh, imagined that. Maybe Josh on Friday. Josh <laughs> certainly got close. He got yeah. close to it, no doubt. No, I liked it, man. And you talk about the physicality. These guys definitely brought it. You talk about the safety group. I know that's a group that I was pretty pretty adamant about and, and, and kind of on their head a little bit because they seemingly had turned into ghosts, but they weren't ghosts in this game. Um, it was ghosts of Christmas past because they showed up in a big way, um, were physical. Um, Gilmore, how about the game that he had? Mm. Um, you know, you talk about somebody who's just been doing their job quietly, um, and, and all of a sudden he comes out and shows you how to properly respond to an emotionally heightened game. You know, you talk about A.J. Brown coming out there wolfing, doing a bunch of talking, and instead of getting into it with A.J. Brown in that regard, he just went out there and just made plays. And it was awesome to see him kind of show back up in the limelight in terms of the plays that people are, are familiar with him making. Um, I don't think he's had those plays to date, you know, at least in, in uh, forward-facing to the general public 
um, on this team. But I think he reminded everybody last night just how dominant of a player he is. So it was awesome to see that power from the second uh, from from the secondary, and then offensively, you know, it was good to see them get an effective ground game going. That, that's what I was excited to see. Dak took a little bit of a backseat in terms of his stats, but the stats on the on the ground went up against a solid outfit um, of their front line of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, all in all, I loved it. Um, they needed that. They needed that. They not only did they need the victory, they needed it in the manner in which they got it. It, it was one of those wins that it wasn't perfect, but it it was it was seamless at the same time. I know perfect and seamless are the same word to a certain extent, but Dallas in the first half was as good as Dallas has been yes. all year long. Twenty four to six at the halftime break, they scored on every drive offensively. They, they forced the turnovers from a, a defensive standpoint and limited the Philadelphia offense, though they did move the ball significantly. Philly moved the ball in the first half, but they couldn't finish a drive. They couldn't finish it out, and they had to settle on two field goals. That was it. Then in the second half, the defense locked down even further. Unfortunately, the the Cowboys' offense didn't necessarily take off the way that it probably could have. Uh, They had to then start settling for for field goals, and, and their drive started to stall out. But with the way that they took care of business in the first half, it was enough to get the job done. And there was only one moment in that second half where you said, okay, this is maybe Philly's window of opportunity. And it was the the fumble recovery that was returned for a touchdown by Jordan Davis. After that moment, it was like, okay, if Philly gets a stop, then they're right back in it. But they didn't. Dallas went down, kicked a field goal, pushed it back to 14, and then after that, it, it was over. So I, I love the way that they responded from – Every punch Philly threw, and they didn't throw a ton of them last night, but the way that they responded as a whole, this was a team that in the past we've criticized for not being the bullies, for not setting the tone. And instead of backing down from the other bully or backing down from another team that has uh, a bully-like record like the Philadelphia Eagles do, they threw the first punches. They were the more physical team all four quarters. They set the tone, and they kept that thing rolling all the way through. It was a phenomenal win, and I know Cowboys fans are excited about it. I think I'm ex- I mean, I'm excited about it. Uh, there's still a long way to go. There's an entire month of football, important football, still to be played, but it, it was an exciting win. We got a text from the 817 here. Uh, he says that uh, his son, and this is very fitting, because his son's name is Cruz, and I feel like the Cowboys – uh, cruised to a victory last night in the way that they won that game. Said he's obsessed with the Cowboys and, and listens to every podcast and always looks forward to the Victory Monday chant here from Talking Cowboys. Nice. So it's his birthday today. So it was oh. a birthday victory. There for you Cruz. go. Happy so birthday. I wanted to give him a quick shout, shout out, out to Cruz. Now, offense, defense, special teams. We've talked about complimentary football a lot. Which one impressed you the most in, in the way that they got the job done last Say night? It. it would have to be the defense. It would have oh. to be the defense. I, Wait, what I, did you look, think? Look, look, look. Special teams was phenomenal. I, Brandon <laughs> Aubrey, man, I gosh, I can't say enough about this guy. And uh, talking to him after the game, he, he, he had had a quote where he said, um, uh, my wildest dreams have come true. Like, it's awesome. when three years ago when he was spending every off moment that he had as a software engineer uh, kicking at random high school fields just to prepare for these type of moments um it, it's definitely paying off for him and it's it's so good to see a guy who's truly humble and a guy who's uh, a, a psychopath about the process and um you you love to see that type of competitor especially with himself and that's that's kind of how it is with with kickers you know they have to have that competitive fire within them because if they don't then 
two, three missed kicks in a row, you're on a different team or you're out of a job. Yeah. So, um, man, I have to give it to Brandon Aubrey being able to come into this league and be able to do that. But I have to give it to the defense. The defense on all three levels, I feel like, really played well. We talked about containing the pocket with Jalen Hurts. And did he get uh, out, outside of the pocket a couple of times? Absolutely. Uh, but when you can limit him in the way that they did, especially on third down, Absolutely huge. They were uh, Dan Quinn was phenomenal in calling specific blitzes on third down. I, I, I remember those one specifically where he sent Donovan Wilson just right up the middle um, uh, through the A gap on a um, on a third down, and, and it just forced Jalen Hurts to throw a pass that he wasn't even it wasn't even in the uh, range of Devontae Smith that he was trying to get it to. Uh, there were a couple of other third down blitzes that were just really timely and, and worked out. Uh, you look at that second level, Marquise Bell and Devon Clark. They mm-hmm. were all over the field. Marquise Bell forcing another fumble. Uh, and then in the secondary, Stephon Gilmore had his best day as a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, Deron Bland, it feels like he didn't even call his name last night because he was not being thrown to, which uh, that honestly surprised me coming out of that Seattle game. I figured they would test him early and often, but they didn't. Uh, and then, like I already mentioned, that safety group had its best day of the season as well. Got to give it to the defense. When you can limit an Eagles offense like that to only six points and, and put together one of those type of performances and only keep them on the field for 23 minutes in the yeah, game, yep. uh, got to give it to them. I don't disagree with you. However, I understand. Where you're yes, I, yeah, <laughs> I know you do. Um, the defense played exceptional. You knew that your defense was capable of this, and they brought it, and they needed to bring it. You talk about, you know, there's the two teams that Dallas has faced this year. If there were, it was just going to be physically um, brutal, right? 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles got them last time. They needed some get back. They came back and were the more physical team against an already physical team. And that was awesome. So knowing that you, again, that's that, that goes to the point that I made about how they won, right? You dominated them, not only just skill-wise, but physically you beat the crap out of them. So that gives you a, a boat of confidence if you ever have to face those guys again. Um, that's awesome. I am more impressed. As, as impressed as I am about the defense you know they're capable of that right I'm, I'm really impressed by Gilmore specifically because I haven't seen that physicality out of Gilmore before I know he's a really good player I know he's a cover I know he can, he's a ball hawk I had never seen him play that physical and that was what I was most impressed by defensively in that regard but I have to give it to Brandon Aubrey yeah. and the reason why I give it to Brandon Aubrey is because as good as he's been as consistent as he's been as reliable as he's been I don't believe that this team knew from the game aspect that he was capable of consistently making long kicks. I think that you knew that about him in practice, but putting him in a game situation, this this first-year guy had an opportunity. You put him out there, this dude hit a 60-yarder. He had a, what, a 59-yarder and a 50-yarder, right? And a 45. And a 45. Okay. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> like So I don't think – I hope people understand how much of a weapon that is, especially as you get go through the rest of this this tough schedule and start trying to creep towards the playoffs. You now know, at least in a controlled element environment, right inside of a of a dome or whatever you want to call it, okay, AT and T Stadium, where there's no wind, you don't have to worry about all those different uh, outside uh, elements. You know that if you get to the forty yard line, you have a chance to score. Yep, like that is huge. From the, from the play caller's perspective, because now there's no question mark. Well, yes, we want six. I could take a little bit more risk because I know that we still, there's a high probability that we're still going to walk away with points, yeah. right? I could get a little bit more, a little bit more aggressive with my play calling once I get to the 40 because I know that at least we're going to walk away with three. At least that's the thinking, right? And you learned that about your team last night. 
Brandon Aubrey for 35, 30 in, all that stuff had been good. Now, when I get to the 40, boom, put three in the bag. And that's the mentality that offensive coordinators have, and that's how they address play calling. The second question he was asked yesterday in the locker room was, uh, hey, that's that's 60-yarder. It was, it was it looked pretty deep. Do you think you could hit a 70-yarder? <laughs> and he said, absolutely. If they asked me to do it, I could do it. And, they, and then the, I believe the follow-up question was, where do you feel comfortable kicking a field goal and he's like yeah 68 67 no big deal and we're all, all of us in the studio we're like wait what did he just say what <laughs> when, he, when he came out there for the 45 yarder i was like oh this is a chip shot like, oh yeah is... and that, and that's, oh, that's yeah. crazy i mean like yeah. from dak's perspective that changes how dak approaches this Absolutely. game right like everything about it as an offensive player and an offensive play caller it gives you so much confidence to know that you got points in the bag. Like, we don't have to go from the 25 all the way down to the 20 to try to make points. We can go from the 25 to the 40. Yeah. Right? We're talking about, you know, get, get, get game 50 yards. Give me give me five first downs. Give me four first downs. Shoot, and we can score points. That's major for any team, especially as you get into these highly competitive games where every possession matters. And that, what I believe, is the most valuable thing that came out of last night because you now know what you have from that third of the game. You know what your offense is capable of. Yeah. You know what your defense is capable of. Now you know what the heck you have as a kicker, and that is a huge advantage. I wish I could attribute this properly, but somebody did say last night, someone in the media, that uh, Brandon Aubrey is the second-best offensive weapon on this team behind C.D. Lamb. I did see – I saw that from Derek Eagleton on Twitter. It was Derek. Okay, yeah. it was Derek. Awesome. Um, yeah, shout-out to Derek. I, I think that's uh, – And I agree with I, him. I think that's very be honest. fair. It, it, the only thing I struggle with is Dak, but I, I don't know. I, I like it. I, for the sake of this argument cd brandon I, I get it dak yeah. is but everything runs through dak for i feel sure. like that's probably the given here at all at all times for the quarterback but outside of cd lamb and dak i mean name another player that has been as automatic as yeah. brandon aubrey there's there, you can't you can't name one 30 for 30 to start his NFL career uh, field goal attempts. I um, have to do a 30 for 30 at this rate. The 609 <laughs> yeah, for, texted that says ESPN needs to do a 30 for 30 <laughs> on Brandon Aubrey. So yeah. he's the first kicker in NFL history to have two 59 plus yard field goals in the same game. So we'll, we'll try and do a deep blue before ESPN even gets access. We'll make, it. <laughs> we'll make a, a documentary on this side of it. If it it's continues just, the way that he's been, I mean, you're asking for four first downs. That's all you – I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying? From, when you step on the field, if it's a touchback, because it's a touchback because of these crazy Starting rules Starting at the 25. Have, right? You're asking for four first downs. Just give me four first downs. You can make that in one play. You can make that in two. I don't care how many plays it takes you, right? Just move the chains down 40 yards, and we're good. I mean, really only three. Yeah, right? Really yeah. only three. Just give, give them 35 yards. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's I'm, wild. And the more impressive part about it is the fact that he's a rookie. <laughs> This is this is his first year. It, like Nick talked about a second ago, is the fact that he went into training camp and could have very easily lost that job. Wouldn't even be here. Has not. I mean, and he's completely taking advantage of the opportunity. It's it's incredible what he's been doing and the way that they've continued to step up their game from a special team standpoint has been phenomenal. To see how that has rolled in the right direction. Back to the offensive side of the football. What part of the offense impressed you the most in the way that they were able to? take care of business last night running game yeah yeah the running game i mean there weren't any like big splash runs outside of Cavante turpins um but i think the fact that you were able to control the line of scrimmage i think that was so important for those guys especially against this opponent because they're i mean outside of the philadelphia eagles there isn't a there isn't another outside of philadelphia eagles and the 49ers there aren't any other defensive lines that i'm like you know what ah, 
you should probably be worried about these guys, <laughs> yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? And even with the 49ers, the 49ers more so are more concerned about their pass rush than their than their run stopping ability, even though they got some dogs in there. But Philadelphia is the team that you think about. If you're going to say there's a team you can't run against, based upon personnel, it's the Philadelphia you know, Eagles. Yeah. And for Dallas to go out there and move these guys off the ball the way they did, you saw it on film, you saw what the 49ers did, you saw some of the success that other teams have had, and you went out there, and it's one thing to see it, it's another thing to actually put it and execute it, put a game plan in and execute it and move these big boys off the ball. Fletcher Cox, the Big Baby Davis, uh, freaking <laughs> Jalen Carter, like all these guys, being able to move these guys into the second level and get your guys with a 4.3-yard average on 30-plus carries, that's huge. That's the type of bully ball that you have to have going into the playoffs. I'm just telling you, as the elements change, you're going to have one game next week that or this week that you're, it's going to be cold as all is, is goosebumps, right? It's going to be cold as heck out there. You need to be able to have the confidence to turn around, hand the ball off, and be able to move guys off the line of scrimmage. From the offensive play calling perspective, if you have that, I guarantee you, you will see a better version of Dak. And I'm saying that. 10 times over because once these guys have that ability where they can just turn around and hand it off, this offense is going to explode. Not saying that they haven't already, but I guarantee you, you haven't seen the best version of it until these guys get that confidence up front. I haven't done the, the, the film study dive yet. I'll do that this afternoon. But the way that Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle were seeing the field yes. too, the, the, the cuts, yep. the vision, the awareness. I mean, I mean, it looked like they were both mm-hmm. running with confidence. And part of that goes to the offensive line. There were holes to run through mm-hmm. at times. And it didn't break for the big play. You didn't have the massive gain. You didn't have the uh, the 20-plus yard gain. I mean, it was it was 22 from Turpin on the, the end around. Mm-hmm. And then you had Dowdle with nine yards and Pollard yeah. with 11. That Cloud was the dust. longest out of, out of all of their runs. I loved the way they toted the rock. Plus, they got Tony Pollard involved in the passing game, too. Tied his career high with seven receptions. Last time he did that was back in week two against the Jets. So they're finding a way to utilize these guys more. I'm with you, though. I still don't think they've unlocked the full potential of this ground game. No, but but they're, they're growing. Right, you talk about Tony Pollard. I know we talked about it in the pregame show. Tony Pollard, for majority of the season, had how many touches a game? 12. Well, that was his number, right? But as the last, what, three games, it's, it's creeping up, right? We talked about going towards 20, right? And last yeah. night on the show, we said he has to have 20 touches. I think he had, what, 23, somewhere around yeah. there, touches last night. That is important for his confidence. You talk about how these guys were seeing the field, Kyle. Just to give everybody an understanding of what Kyle's referencing here, there was times where the play was was drawn up to go a certain direction. Let's go ahead and say there was, a, there was yep. one play that was actually designed to go to the right. And I remember Kyle saying, fourth oh, down and one. Yeah, Kyle's like, oh, yep. that was a nice counter. And I was like, that's not a counter. And then when they showed right. the replay, the entire yeah. blocking scheme was headed that yeah, direction. It was a dive. It was not supposed to be a counter. It was dive right. Yeah. It was dive right. But because of his vision, he recognized that, hey, these linebackers, not only has a D line kind of all went to that direction, the, the linebackers have overflowed. Right, they yeah. free flow to that direction. So guess what? Now, just because that's the design of the play doesn't mean that's where I'm going to go. I have the vision and the awareness and the understanding of the blocking scheme to see that if I go backside, it's on me. Right, it's on me all because there's nothing that's that structurally that sound that should be back there for me to be able to go through. But guess what? It is because the linebackers and what they did. So how does that affect things going forward? Well, now going forward, teams are going to see that on film. Okay, you think about uh, back in the day, Terrell Davis. Right in the zone scheme, half of his dog on big plays came off of what cutbacks. Half of them came off of cutbacks. He yeah. pushed the ball front side in the zone scheme. They want a free flow. The linebackers want to get in, get caught in the wash. He takes a little peek, uses his peripheral vision, and he cuts backside. 
right? And, and there's plenty of backs that have done this in the past, but with Tony Pollard's explosiveness to be able to see the field that way, now as a linebacker, I can't. I can't go front side. I can't fully commit to one side of the field because this dude might expose me on the backside. So what does that now allow for you to do? Well, if that second level is now playing cautious and they're trying to play both sides, right, play the right side and the left side of the center just in case, now all of a sudden that front side where the play is actually designed starts opening up more and more. So from that vision standpoint, it's huge. And not only one of them was doing it, both of them were doing it, right, Rico and Tony. The the four three four here it disagrees a little bit. They said a few times running back vision wasn't great. They were, made the wrong cuts right into an eagle player going straight into the ground. That's part of running the football twenty times. I mean, whenever you you can make the right cut nine times out of ten, you're going to have one cut where you go right into the ground. That's part of it. There were cuts that should have been stopped for losses. That should have been stopped for no gain on multiple occasions from both Pollard and Dowdle that they turned it into something more and they turned it into a better run. There was more confidence in the way that they toted the rock last night, especially in the first half, than there was at any point in the rest of the regular season so yeah, far. Yeah, and I think a lot of credit has to go up front as well. Uh, they're starting to pave those running lanes mm-hmm. up front. And, and I have to give Tyler Biotis credit because I know that was a guy that uh, we we, we yep. looked at early in the season was like, you have to be better in, the run, in, in the run game. And I think he's starting to stack that now. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, Tyler Smith next to him on his left, Zach Martin next to him on his right. I mean, these guys are creating those holes up, up the middle. And, you know, I, I think back to Tony Pollard and what he was able to do, to do last season. And I actually get, did kind of a deep dive on it uh, last weekend. And there was a lot of action that he had between the tackles. I mean, it's not entirely different from what he's doing now. Obviously, the volume is much more now, and uh, he's taking on that lead back role. But most of his success was between the tackles. It was, you know, squeaming in between those defensive linemen and bouncing around from a linebacker as the, the offensive line got to the second level. And we're starting to see that a little bit. We're starting to see him break away for those 15, 20-yard type runs where, you know, you see that little bit of explosion from Tony Pollard. I think his day is coming, and I think it's coming next Sunday. You think so? I think so. Uh, They're against going the up Bills? against the 19th, or 19th best uh, uh, rush defense in the league. They need this running game to be I like it. really, really strong next week. I know we'll dive into it this week, but yeah. I, I think Tony Pollard has his day next week. All right. When we take our first break or when we come back from our first break, we're going to continue talking about this win, 33-13. Defensive side of the ball was fantastic, but which element, defensive line, second level, or the secondary, did their job the best, and how much does that build your confidence moving into this final month of the regular season? We're talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. 
That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here with Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We we do not have a show tomorrow. There's no show tomorrow. We will be serving in the community with the Salvation Army and okay. continuing to to yeah, it's it's a good thing. It's it's a bad thing that we don't have a show. I want to talk to the people, Kyle. I do too. But I want to serve the people. It's too. a talking oh, Tuesday. Man, it right out of my Maybe mouth. we'll find a way to get up here. Who knows? But right now we are scheduled to not have a show tomorrow. So I'm trying to get through some of these text messages and kind of. Uh, talk to the people. Text like your you questions. Said. Yeah, text in the questions. Give us a give us a, a text. We're probably not going to take any calls today, but we will we will answer your text message. This one from the eight oh six. He keeps saying MV Prescott. Want to throw out a shout out to his buddies Topher T- D Nasty and Ryan Teddy, and then uh, I mean, just you talk about MV Prescott. Did he look like MV Prescott last night? The way that he helped lead that team to a win. 24 of 39 passing. Uh, it was going to be hard for him to do better than he did last time in week nine. I mean, that that week nine performance was out of this world. 374, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, you know, no turnovers. That was going to be hard to, to double up. Um, so I think he did what was necessary to get his team to a victory last night, but it's not going to show up in the stat line. Yeah. Uh, Mario from South Texas says, do you think Shaq Leonard is regretting choosing the wrong team? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he had two know. tackles we'll last see. night. We'll see. It's... Team got beat by twenty. So yeah, he, uh, he. I saw him on the field pregame, and Tony Dungy had actually come up to him right as I was kind of walking by and, and checking him out. And yeah, I think it's going to take a little bit for him to get used to being on that defense. He didn't get in, I don't think, until late in the second quarter, and uh, only had two tackles. wasn't yeah. super efficient. And Dallas attacked him in the pass game as soon as he came on the field. Yeah. So. It's it's known. They made a point. <laughs> yeah, they made a point. Uh, this question, 914 asked, what did you think of Terrence Steele overall last night? That's Steve in New York. That's another one I, I need to give credit to. He did give up a sack to Hassan Reddick, but when you could, you look at it on paper compared to what he uh, gave up in the last game against Philadelphia, it's the four sacks and the 12 pressures. Got to give my props to Terrence Steele, man. I, uh, I saw his high school get absolutely obliterated on Saturday afternoon in the state semifinals, but he bounced back on Sunday. And uh, prove the Steel name right. So uh, shout out to Terrence Steele. Yeah, really nice job by by Steele. What did you think about the offensive line as a whole? <clears throat> offensive line as a whole did relatively well. There was definitely some penalties that 
that were given up. I mean, penalties but, and, and a couple pressures. I mean, Dak was pressure. sacked I mean, but, three times. But you're facing a really good defensive line. So exactly. I mean, I mean, that's. I mean, you have to give credit where credit is due. You're not going to win every single battle, you know. And unfortunately, some of your losses are going to come at the, at the expense of either a sack or pressure or you know some some penalties. And that's just the reality when you're facing a great opponent on the defensive front. So overall, I was glad to see them improve from their last outing versus that outfit, and I think it's going to help them going forward in these next games. Uh, how big of a loss could Jonathan Hankins oh, be? That's from the man. 845. Yeah. I, I'm praying. I'm praying that he's that he's okay. Yeah. Um, that would be a, a tremendous loss. Tremendous. It's one of the reasons why you know, I was kind of beating the table around the trade deadline to go out there and get a get a big run stopper because if that was to present itself, um, this situation that we're now in with him you know, injured, uh, it's not knowing what the injury is, but – it put it exposes a weakness in your team. Obviously, you still have also Digazua and Neville Gallimore, guys like that who've been playing well. But it's not a Jonathan Hankins. There's, no. there, there is not another Jonathan Hankins on this current roster. Somebody who has that impact that he has. And they highlighted him a bit last night. But but Bonzi Smith, the <clears throat> first couple snaps didn't go his way. He fought back. He battled back. Saw a little bit more time last night because he needed to to see some more time. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's just not another. It hasn't been as yeah. effective. There's not another Jonathan mm-hmm. Higgins on his team. And that's the reason why I was hoping that at the trade deadline they would have added to that room. They didn't. Somebody else has to step up now. We'll see what the injury is. The fact that Neville Gallimore and Mozzie basically split snaps after Hankins came out yesterday leads mm-hmm. me to believe there's not a ton of confidence in what's behind Jonathan Hankins there. But quick update there. It's a high ankle sprain. Uh, we'll know more from Mike McCarthy today as far as a, uh, a timeline. But uh, they're Usually, expecting him – Two, two to yeah. four. No, yeah, they're expecting six. him to be back for the playoffs. You, you think four to sooner. six? Depends Especially on the, for an offensive line or defensive lineman. Depends on the severity of the, of, the, of the sprain, but high ankle sprains are, are they're bad. They when you, can be bad. And when they you take it to a, the account, the size as well, like that's that's going to be a tougher injury to overcome and how, how important that ankle is. Uh, expect him to be back for the playoffs, but I don't expect anything before then. Yeah. First thing I think about is Miami, but... <laughs> Is it, is it the Denzel Washington meme when he's got the papers on the table and he slams yep. the table yeah, down? Absolutely. That's me right now. Yeah, that, that's what that is. It was a physical game. I mean, there was a lot of guys who went down and had to be tended to by the training staff, but it seems like Jonathan Hankins is really the only one that uh, is going to be a long-term deal and that will affect them in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Billy from Grandview says, I can finally see the stamp that our head coach has made on this program. Uh, great Cowboys victory last night. I think he deserves a ton of credit. Grand, McCarthy, Grandview sure. High School mascot. Do you know what it is? The Zebras. The Zebras. Let's yeah, go. Don't yeah. test me. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have to, uh, I have to give it to uh, Mike McCarthy as well. Um, I, I mean, he, um, he, he, he took a lot of criticism before the bye week, and I think it was just, right? I mean, sure. this offense, it was They were it was, at five and stale. three. It was uh, yeah four four and two at the bye specifically sure at the bye uh, yeah. but it, it, the offense was stale um, it, it couldn't convert in the red zone um, there were a lot of things that worked in getting the ball down the field the running game was inefficient and now we're looking looking up ten weeks later and all cylinders are firing I, I I really can't point to one big area of concern on this offense right now maybe the running game at times but I, I still have a lot of confidence about where that is heading and where it's going. Aside from that, I don't have any issues. Uh, th- this has really been a phenomenal effort by this offense. It's the number one scoring offense in the league. Dak Prescott is at the front of the MVP conversation. Uh, I mean, no matter what ends up happening the rest of the way, you have to give Mike McCarthy credit for what he's done on the offensive side of the ball this season. Yeah, the only thing I'll highlight is the same thing we did last week. It was just um, 
the penalties. You know, you just have to. We have to do away with those penalties, and that's on both sides of the ball. But offensively, knowing how important it is for this team to be able to score points and keep keep the momentum in that regard, the the defense plays off of what the offense is doing. And if the offense is shooting themselves in the foot because of penalties, right, whether it be holding calls or whatever, my my you know false start penalties. You know, I, 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 it's gonna, it's gonna, it could hurt you. It could hurt you to me. I mean, you talk about making a big play, and all of a sudden now, instead of it being, you know, a first down, now all of a sudden it's first and twenty. Like those things matter. Those things matter in a major way. So I would like to see that dwindle down to none, mm -hmm. <laughs> to where you're just not shooting yourself in the foot. You know, um, I'd rather them not watch Harlem Knights. Um, but you know. Uh, outside of that, I feel good about where, th where this offense is going. Well, they they moved in the right direction in that category. Yeah, they, they, did. they had they nine, <laughs> nine penalties for 127 yards against Seattle. Yep. And they had seven, seven. penalties Correct. for 60 yards. I like it. So it was half the yardage. Cut the, penalty Cut the penalties down. I mean, that's a good. I'm with it. I'll take progress. They're moving in the right direction <laughs> progress here. Is a slow process, but it's still progress, baby. It's, it's working out. It's progress. It's progress. Uh, I asked before we went into. The uh, the break, which level of the defense impressed you the most? I know y'all had talked about There's a couple questions about it on the text mm -hmm. line here about who impressed you between the defensive line, second level, secondary. Which one was secondary. it Secondary, Gilmore. I thought the yeah. secondary yeah, may I mean, have had their best game as a whole. Yeah, as a whole. I yeah. mean, I could point out individual guys, but the, the secondary as a whole played really well. I think Deron Bland had a nice bounce back game as well. He showed that that was just a, a spoof that, that happened last week. Um you know, they just they played physical. You could tell that it was a point of emphasis um, from in their meeting rooms to go out there and hit the crap out of these cats. You know, punch the ball, hit them. You know, you know, rally to the ball. You know, do whatever you can to ensure that these guys feel you. There were multiple receivers uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles that took some time to get up. Uh, you know, throughout the game, um, they weren't just popping up and running back to the huddle. These guys were having to think about, dang, man, that hurt. That, that, yeah, I'm gonna feel that one tomorrow, yeah. and take the little slow time getting up. And you see that as a defender, you see that, and then you rally together. And you want to hit them again. You know, it's a violent game. You know, you you don't want to injure anybody, but you want everybody to feel you for the, for the week to come. Yeah, I love Devonte Smith. I think he's a, a, a huge weapon for them. But man, that hit that he took from Malik Hooker on that third down, the forced incompletion, and he took a couple more throughout yep. the night. That's that's what you got to do against a weapon like that. Um, you know, he's 165 pounds. You got to be able to put that that weight on him and and let him feel it. Uh, Malik Hooker was doing it. Donovan Wilson was doing it. Jaron Curse, I feel like again had his best day in coverage as a Dallas Cowboy. I mean, it was it was a huge huge outing for those safeties. And then when you factor in Gilmore and Bland as well, then you know there you go. And it feels like Jordan Lewis's name wasn't called last night that often too, which no. is a great problem. Great problem. Uh, RDJ says, can Parsons get a holding call, please? Held oh, all yeah. day yeah, he long. Was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't understand it. I really I don't, don't. It's he's only been called for two holding penalties. Maybe all he season. has to do the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. defensive line pirouettes, or <laughs> exactly he's, he's spinning the around. Cox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Fletcher Cox. Just and look I, at me. I, I don't know. I, I almost I, wonder, like, do you – Jerry Jones called out the officials in his, in his uh, yeah, post-game availability yesterday. He'll be getting a call today, I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, but it's just – I mean, yeah. it's – it's it's I, I don't know. If you're Michael Parsons, I don't know what you can do other than in the offseason – Go meet with somebody and be like, "What am I doing wrong? Like, what is what is happening?" Because um, I, I see at least three a game, at least three a game on Michael Parsons. So, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a weird thing. I haven't seen anything like this before. Have you? No, I haven't. But you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You control the controllables. Let you know Double J and the rest of the crew, you know, up yeah. there in the, in the executive offices. Let them handle the other aspects let them handle the legalities and the communication with the league because he's going to get those calls those calls will come through when you need them most uh, he just has to continue to play the same way
And he has continued to play the same way. He had a big sack in a, a late down scenario last night, forcing a field goal, forcing them back. Um, the pressures were there. I'm excited to see what those numbers look like today. But for the most part, the, the fact that this defense can still rely on that pass rush. There are times this year where they haven't been as relentless. They haven't been as effective. But, man, when they are, it is a game changer. And I felt like the second half against Seattle, first half they weren't very effective. Second half they turned it on against Seattle, and it changed the entire game, changed the entire flow of that football game. This time they were effective all four quarters, and it changed the way the game was played. And, and it kept Jalen Hurts off balance. We had the stats, everything coming into it, saying that Jalen Hurts was not very good under pressure this season, and Dallas got after him and put pressure on him. So lots of great text messages, lots of great conversations throughout. Let's take our second break. When we come back, it's time for Smelly Stickers here for Talking Cowboys. Send us your Smelly Sticker vote yeah. on the text line at the moment, and we'll see if we can get the fans represented in there as well. More Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Smelly sticker time. The text line is 888-855. Oh, wait, no, that's the phone line. Sorry. Mm. 817-290-3298 is the podcast text line. 817-290-3298. If you've never texted in, this would be a great time to do it. Do be it now. first-time texter. Pop in with your smelly sticker vote, and we'll, uh, we'll ca- calculate them as we go along. Smelly stickers are our players of the game. Before we do that, 
Hmm. Nick, you you noticed a bit of a trend from the defensive line. We were just talking about the pressure and the, what they put on Jalen Hurts. A little bit of a change from that D-line. Yeah, I think they found something in the second half of that game in Week 9 um, in flipping Michael Parsons into Marcus Lawrence. So uh, Michael Parsons lined up against Jordan Mailata back in Week 9, the left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, 13 one-on-one matchups, and Parsons was only able to uh, generate one pressure. Whereas on the other side, Demarcus Lawrence wasn't that effective in the run game, lined up against Lane Johnson, uh, the right tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. So they flipped those guys in the second half of that last game, and, and we saw a lot of those matchups in the second half of that game, and they found success. They came out from the gates last night with that matchup. Uh, Parsons on Lane Johnson and Lawrence on Mylotta, and both of those guys had an awesome night. And obviously the highlight is Michael Parsons driving Lane Johnson right into the back mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and forcing that sack. That was huge. Not many people do that to Lane Johnson. So yeah. uh, it was kind of to your point on the pass rush unit. I think that was a big, big um, catalyst towards that. It really was uh, an impressive game all the way across the board, all three phases, which is going to make these smelly sticker player of the games very, very tough. Nick, we'll let you start this one off no, this week. No, oh, not what? me. Not me. Why? Not me. I always start. No, you don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just going to gaslight y'all. Go? I start every week. <laughs> mm. I'm to find it here, Kyle. How about you okay. go first, Kyle? Fine, I'll go first, <laughs> guys. The, I'm just going to make this easy on you guys because I'm going to take the easiest one. Uh, so this is a, this is a happy peach but he looks he's got like a smirk on his face he looks like he's satisfied and he's holding up just uh the number one that's what he's holding up and uh the reason why i chose this peach specifically is because he is holding up that number one there is only one player Mm. in the history Mm. of the nfl Mm. to hit 30 straight kicks Mm. to start his career and there's only one player in the history of the nfl to hit a 59 yarder and a 60 yarder in the same single game and that's brandon aubrey he gets the first smelly sticker he was fantastic last night and he continues to prove the doubters wrong that's what the smirk is for he's saying not so fast i'm brandon aubrey butter aubrey and he's been abramatic all year long bang that's what you did there bang Uh, I'm going to break the rules a little bit here, DeBarcy. What is that? Um, huh? What? Can I, I can't break the rules? I mean, you can, but come on. What are you doing? Right, with so it? I'm, I'm going to go with these three bananas here. Three of them. These three bananas. You guys see these three bananas right here? That's how many what kids you, I'm having. Yes, that's exactly right. You're going to need three bananas. <laughs> um, that was trauma. What else? <laughs> what else came in threes yesterday? Field goals. Uh, field goals. What else? Um, the safety unit. Mm, and what else? Force fumbles. Ah, three force fumbles. Good things come yes, in threes. Good things come in threes. So I'm not going to highlight one player. I'm not going to highlight just a second there. I'm highlighting this defense <laughs> collectively for forcing three turnovers because we knew that this team likes to cough the ball up. <laughs> no pun intended. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? So these are three bananas for the three balls that they coughed up. Thank you. A uh, quick couple of quick notes on that. I had asked uh, Stephon Gilmore after the game. Um, I said, was there an emphasis going into the week on, on ripping the ball? Because it felt like every single time that they had an opportunity to yeah. go for the ball, they were attacking it, punching it, trying to rip at it. And he said, Coach Quinn told them earlier in the week, um, the, the, the ball's going to be alive, go for it, be aggressive, and go grab it. And if you remember the last time these two teams played in Week 9, they were able to force three fumbles, and all three bounced right back into the hands of the Eagles. Mm. This time, all three bounced back into the hands of the Cowboys. That's that's definitely a difference maker whenever you're looking at it on paper. So, um, yeah, cool stuff there. So uh, my, my little smelly sticker here, This um, I don't even know what this fruit is. You don't, is this like a raspberry? That yeah. looks – yeah, that's a raspberry. I think what, it's a, what, what that of, or a blackberry. It's definitely a raspberry. Yeah. What color? 
color shade of red would you say this is? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a dark crimson. You know, yeah, who, you sure. know who else has this, this kind of like shade of red right here? Oh, the University of South Carolina, hmm. where Stephon Gilmore <laughs> went to college. <laughs> I was really stretching. That there. was a stretch. It was a stretch. But uh, yeah, Stephon Gilmore, nine tackles, one forced fumble, great coverage on AJ Brown all, uh, all night. Uh, had his best game as a Dallas Cowboy. Have yeah. to give him credit. Uh, Trayvon Diggs was in the locker room after the game and was giving him credit as well. Super awesome to see. So shout out to Stephon Gilmore. We've got some really good smelly sticker. Uh, submissions votes so far uh this one is onion for jake ferguson he's giving everybody that's guarding him problems and making him cry when he's cut them down nice i like that if we had an onion that would be awesome yeah i was actually i was looking for one i don't think we have one uh smelly sticker for gilmore not even close for me you got that one from uh brandon aubrey's got a ton of them uh here's another one iceberg for uh smelly sticker for Fergberg and Aubrey because Fergberg. both are cold and smooth as ice. Oh, I like that. Well done. Getting creative. I like it. Uh, another Gilmore submission. Old man may not have the speed he once did, but he's had the best game of his season. I don't know. He showed he showed it off. Uh, it appears that the fans have chosen Jake Ferguson. So. I'll let you guys help me out here. Which one do you feel like best describes Jake Ferguson here? Uh, is there is there something? Oh, there's a leaping pineapple. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, got to be it. Freaking took it from me. That is it. It's Show this, us in the camera. This, this one right here. Yep. Oh, that that's a, so perfect. That is a hurtling perfect. pineapple. Perfect. Can you put it like over the star somewhere? Is that possible? Like hurtling <laughs> over the top of the star? Uh, I don't know. We've got a, got a lot of snick, stickers on this thing. We've been winning a lot of games. There you go. Right there. For Jake Ferguson, represented by the fans, he he gets at least five, six, now seven votes uh, in here on the text line. So Jake Ferguson, smelly sticker, we'll get John Machota's later in the week as well. But that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys on this Victory Monday. Hope you guys had as much fun as we did breaking this one down. We'll be back on Wednesday. No show tomorrow because we will be out in the community serving serving alongside the Salvation Army. So we'll have fun doing that. We will be back on Wednesday. For Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back of Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. They took down those Eagles 33-13. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!